Welcome to the VRV Podcast, where we highlight different better-known businesses and nonprofits. All right, everybody, it's Justin Clark here with the VRV, and I'm super excited for our next guest today, especially with everything that's going out in today's world. So I've got Coach Verdue on with Way Beyond Measure. Thank you, Coach, for being part of us. I truly appreciate it. I'm excited to hear about you. So please tell us a bit about yourself, brother. Wow, man. Thanks, bro, for having me. Um, yeah, this time is uh, unlike any other in history, and oh, boy, we're a part of it. So, so. I've always been talking about being affected, but not infected, right? Everybody's been affected. So to say that this hasn't hit you is a lie because effect means that something came in and changed your world and affected you. The good thing is, is we as people need to try to stay from becoming infected. So I just want to share that as a bonus. I like that. It'll cost you a buck fifty, and let's keep going. Hey guys, I'm Coach Verdue, and man, I out of the desire of my heart, I started a program called Way Beyond Measure. I got six children, and we fostered fifty kids. And I just wow. saw things. I saw the depression and the hurt, and I saw the medicine. I'm telling you, the medicine craze, like. We had all these kids and we were pilling and pills and buck, you know what I'm saying? And right. it was just a, it was a time where I said, everybody comes up to me and starts chatting about like a discipline or bullying or um, just disrespect or entitlement. You know, that word big time entitlement right. era and entitlement and what have you. And I was like, you know what? It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's mm. character. Isn't that what the Navy tries to teach or the military is honor, character, right, 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 patronism. Where is that? If the military can come together as a family during times of crisis, I understand that there's elbows. Listen, I, I come from, I got nine brothers, bro, nine. All from, you know, my parents. And when you're in a loving relationship and in a loving family, when you walk down the hallway with 10 guys, what happens? Elbows. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means you've been around me too long. Get away. Bap! (laughs) So so that's that's what our world sees right now is that we're trying to come together. But you got to understand elbows. Mm Mm-hmm. So I decided to do something about it and start a character uh, character program called SUSO, Stand Up, Stand Out. Love and that, by the way. For the, for the last 12 years, we've been sweeping the nation, hitting hundreds and hundreds of schools nationwide and, and, and teaching kids that, you know, being alive is, them, is better than being dead. You get more stuff done. <laughs> and every person I've talked to that has tried, even military folks, could I p- do PTSD training? I do a lot of things for for our active military and 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 our uh, retired military. Um, is um, is is it's is staying active and being in your mind, staying forward and keep going. And and so we do a lot of character development for for a lot of folks. And so it's just a. Uh, Tremendous thing that we do. We love serving the military and, and our people. We, and we get to do a lot of it from Peterson Air Force Base in, in uh, 
Colorado Springs, Colorado, to the Air Force Academy, where for the last two years, I've done an internship with like six of the cadets to help me build and do some. It's been amazing how connected. And um, that, that's really, really part of the story of how how we got started um, with with way beyond measure. It's just an epidemic that we want to change. We want to see we want to see life tiles lifestyles change and, and people respect one another and love you know if we think before we speak and i use that a lot is think t-h-i-n-k is it true helpful inspiring necessary kind if we think on that yeah and i mean before you speak before you act we talk about the power of the tongue uh what about the what about the thumbs now mm-hmm. i always ask a question during high school i said who can Text faster than they talk. 60 yeah. cent, bro. No, I'm not. Oh, it's crazy. And yeah. What? It's yeah. Quick, right? And they do it without looking. They'll do it under their table. I know you can't see me, but the teacher's talking and they're texting, dude. Yeah. How do I know that? Well, because I are one. I taught for 27 years. So that's that. And so. Um, yeah, so the the other part of that question was the military. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so that's the one thing I don't know about you. Well, there's a lot I don't know. But yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you know. Um, the military was was to me was um, very interesting. And let me let me share with you. Listen, there wasn't there was rumors of wars. There was little things that were happening, but man, I was. I was mostly chill. Right. Okay. But it got in here, and I'll explain how. So I'm 17 years old, and I am an excellent, excellent soccer player. I mean, I can go pro. I can go to any college or university I want to. I had that scholarship wherever I wanted to go. Man, I got nervous because I came to the conclusion, or my English teacher told me, like, I was so stupid that going to college would be a disaster. Really? Yeah, she was she was Miss Vinti. I'll never forget her. Um, my mom and I wrote a paper my senior year. So to go back a little bit, I just I just had a hard time reading comprehension, speaking in <laughs> front of people, getting in front of people. Man, I was nervous all the time. Couldn't do it, especially during reading time. In, in my high school, my senior year was, okay, David, your turn. Yeah. I would fake like I was going to throw up, dude. I couldn't, because mm. I, I know I couldn't get past words, dude. It was hard. Yeah. So with all that said, I just looked at myself and said, you know what? You're a piece of work. Jo- go join the military. So I joined the Navy. And I got to boot camp. And I'm thriving, dude. I'm on the... Um, I'm the RCPO of my company, so I'm the leader. I am 18 years old, and that is my 995, baby. That's my company. That's that, I'm leading it. I'm the RCPO. And I get to week five, and they're like, okay, let's go to school. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we need to go to school so that we can um, um, just see where you are, evaluate, make sure that you're on track, dude. I was in boot camp for 16 weeks. Yeah. Woo. Confess test. I was, oh. in, I was in week five for like seven weeks. 
Ouch. Over and over and over and just go home. No, dude, no. <laughs> You've been here for back up. I will accomplish this. I will yeah. do. I did it, man. Dude, that's took sweet. Long. I took now I get into my new company and they're like, dude is like fresh. Like this guy knows everything. Dude, he's, I've been here for a year and a half. Shut he's your mouth. 40 years old now, but he... <laughs> I got a full beard. I'm wiggling on the, on the it's already got VA disability going. <laughs> so I find I graduate and I get on my ship, USS Scott DDG 995 Norfolk, Virginia. And we get on the ship and 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 we're doing little this and that's and within the first four weeks of military we're dry dock dude so they bring our boat over to portsmouth and they raise it up and i'm like this boat is huge listen you got the top part but nobody sees underneath yeah, oh it's huge these ships are <laughs> and so we're at dry dock and i'm saying this is this is lame this is easy man right so my I get on my ship and I'm doing stuff and I'm cooking and I'm I'm doing supply and I'm I'm doing all that stuff. I'm I'm fixing to go 30 day mess crank. You know, you have to everybody has to be a polywog before you become a frog, right? And so you mess crank and you do what anybody tells you to do. It's it's just so I'm about three days into that and the captain comes up to me and goes, Verdue. I went, Yes, sir. He goes, Do you know who I am? I said, Yeah, you're Captain Putnam. He goes, do you know who I am? I said, you're Captain Putnam. He goes, maybe you know my aunt, Helen. I went, you mean Helen Putnam, the mayor of my hometown? He goes, yeah, that's my aunt. Your dad's one of my closest friends. Get all your uniform. Come with me. You're going to become my assistant. What? What? Dude, I did nothing. I was, they called me an MS, Master Skate. <laughs> Dude, I... Made is, I made, listen, let's just call it as, it, is this rated R, this video? Or is it, we have Whatever clean. you want, does not matter. I was his bitch, bro. <laughs> no, that's not funny. And I'm in the Navy, just back up. Back up, man. Dude, it's, I don't know what else to say or how else to explain yeah. it. That's true. I mean, like, he loves cinnamon rolls. So I made him cinnamon rolls, like, every other day. Like a good one. <sighs> My gosh. Like a, like a nice sweetheart. I was really nice to him. Um, I just did. I, it was crazy, dude. So I made his bed. I uh, I dusted. I made sure that he had burrito stuff. And he was just busy, dude. And I would just bring him stuff. And it was like, dude, it was funny because he'd be up on the on the uh, the uh, uh, the captain's deck and what have you, staring the boat and helping out. And I'd go up there with a, a tray of food. <laughs> you imagine? What everyone called me, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but I got in so good that nobody teased me. Nobody made fun of me because I became in charge of a lot of food. Yeah. And so if you come and be a jerk off, yeah. guess what? You're going to be eating cereal for a week because in the mess galley you have open milk open cereal cold hot and dry and that's it that's your rations 
Mm -hmm. So when they come through the food line, I just make everyone close the doors. <laughs> Move along, buddy. <laughs> Dude, what? Move. You ain't feet. You ain't eating. Go. What? Yes. Eat? See that dude over there? Yeah. Apparently you. Oh. <laughs> Go have some cereal. It just. It is what it is. And so. Yeah. We're in Haifa, Israel. This is 1984. Haifa, Israel, we get the call about the Achille Laura, the hijacked ship out of Israel. Uh -huh. It's a, okay. a, a cruise liner. And they got American passengers on it. So we're we're hauled back onto the ship. And we take off after this boat. And, and mind you, it's only like a three-day uh, three dance. But it was mm -hmm. three days of staying up. Yeah. I was the gopher. So I, every, every hour I had to run and check. So Boatswain's Locker... Uh, supply, blah, blah, blah. And I just told the captain, I said, isn't everything's the same? Keep going. And I had to go down and open and close and dog. And these, these, these doors became 9,000 pounds after a while. And it was, yeah. uh, it was just an interesting time. And I was getting in my head. And, and then after that, we're thinking, okay, we're going to dry dock. Well, no, our captain is not a bird captain yet, meaning he's not a captain. He's a captain of the ship, but he's only right. a lieutenant colonel. It makes right. sense. The bird is in the bird. Is, Right, I got you. Okay. He's still a captain of mm -hmm. the ship, right. but he only makes right. lieutenant. What a okay, so, so he's accepting all these jobs. He's ex Dude, we need somebody to get over to the uh, Panama Canal and da-da-da. We're four days away from the Panama Canal. I'll take it. Whoop, we're on our way. We start taking all these things. And before we know it, I don't see land for 109 days. Mm -hmm. Now put that in perspective, bro. Yeah, yeah. 365 men. Not like today where there's women. And I'm telling you, most of them have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Dude, I was in the Navy. I'm telling you right now. Just like any military. It's, I, the whole girl on a ship thing, dude, I cannot. I can't fathom it. I can't, dude. No. I just. Well, you, know, you guys, uh, well, I just got done watching that um, Tiger King show. Oh, boy. <laughs> Two. I could only get to the third session when that guy started bringing his husband around. What? Where? What? It was listen, I'm not prejudiced to any of that or mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. But let's keep talking about the tigers and lions. I wanted to hear more about that than but that that mullet is the best, isn't it? Oh dude, it is. It is. Well, I was well, I I I, <laughs> I just with that stinking thing going on my head and you telling me about all you guys stuck out there at sea forever. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That's a long time to be out there, especially if you're uh, got multiple missions going on, kind of racking on top of each other. It was crazy. Um, being out that long, we had to refuel a lot, and that was the most unbelievable experience in my life. Yeah. They shoot this big old crane, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards that has a rope to it. And as soon as that gets over, your ship, we go out and start pulling, dude, for 40 yeah. minutes. Pulling and pulling. This big old pipe comes. They fill it up. Wow. Rations. Rations were done by helicopter. 
Unload, unload, unload. You'd be out there with your glow stick on, and one minute you're doing this or something, and then the next minute you're hitting this big wave and your feet are off the deck. It brings back hard memories. You talked about transition. Right. Um, no one gives a crap. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how they felt when they came back from Vietnam. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't. No one, no one gives a shit. You're in the military. You're an ass. You're an idiot. Why would mm-hmm. you do that? It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Freaking government. Blah blah blah. I love, I love, I love um, a few good men. That one line where he says, "You sit under the flag of freedom that was built upon." men just like me yeah and they bash it and they burn it and you have no idea how that hurts my feelings man Mm -hmm. and then when people start talking about well the military is out you have no just stop i didn't join the military because of my government i joined Mm -hmm. the military for my people yeah right and if we would have had to go into because desert storm starts like in 88 89 i'm out i just i just get out just before desert storm so i wasn't in any type of huge battle or anything but at the same time the ptsd is real and i can only imagine what it would be like um to have those bullets or whatever flying by or or not knowing if Okay, everybody get in the Humvee and you're driving and, and there's landmines or what man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I I have nothing, nothing but love and respect for all my military brothers and families and what you do, brother, with um with your VRV and and vets referring veterans. It's it's something that is very unique and well, well needed. We need to let each other know that, hey, we're, we're in this together. We can do this together. Networking is a great thing. It's so inexpensive with VRV because it's free. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and people could see what you do and who you are. And, and uh, um, it's incredible. So I, I, I commend you for doing what you do because you're reaching hundreds and hundreds of people and so i appreciate what you do and here at way beyond measure we just want to let them know that um that we want to partner also and so any way that we can serve or help we have 800 numbers we have chat lines we have um, a, a lot of things on our website that we can help and serve with our ptsd program i can come anywhere in the united states and do training so that you can get through it's not about you i'm not i'm not going to end your memories however i'm going to help you cope and deal with so that you can go through and as when you when when you go through and get to the other side you feel like you've accomplished something the problem is is the next day's coming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deal with it again do it again it's the layup drill when I was the coach for the Denver Nuggets, as an assistant coach, my first day of practice was 
Coach Bidzelic blows the whistle and Carmelo Anthony and uh, uh, Nene and Chris Anderson and Car- um, um, the Birdman. Um, they get in two lines and do the layups. I was freaked out. What? The, what are you doing? And I'll never forget uh, Boinkins, five foot six. Mm-hmm. It's what we've always done. Over and over and over and over and repeat and repeat. Dude, mm-hmm. I start singing A, B, C, D, E. How'd you learn that? Over and over. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have. Let's go with this. Come on, work with me. Just kidding. But, you know, I'm, you see what I'm saying? So it's Pete and repeat. So I want you and other people to know that every day, every day, get up, yeah. man. Get up. Yeah. Go yeah. forward. Don't, and understand this. You are not alone. Look at me. Everybody watching right now, look at me. You're not alone, man. Yeah. How, how much more do we have to say, challenge me, call me, write me? I don't know what else to tell you, except that's, I, I don't know who you are. So if you mm-hmm. need help, please give us a holler today. I appreciate VRV and who you are. And uh, man, I, I, I just, I, I'm thrilled that you were well, able to connect with me. I appreciate you. Well, you ain't signing off yet, man. We need to know. Not I want to know about your, okay, good. So I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you here, brother. <laughs> I just wanted to give your plug, man. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. So hey, listen. No, so if long. anybody's out there and want as a veteran and 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 uh, you have a company or, or service or whatever it is, contact man. Reach out to VRV and uh, join us and just let's be part. Let's 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 build a community of brother sisterhood that reaches way beyond borders and walls that'd be awesome yeah that's back to this message yeah go ahead (laughs) (laughs) no but what do you so what do you guys do because i want to know one kind of how you came up with the name the way beyond measure what it means but then i see you out there doing these inspirational coaching speeches in front of all these kids with the anti-bullying campaigns and this and that but please tell us about all that and really how this all got started, because I absolutely love it. Wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm working I'm working at Kyle Farley's Boys Ranch um in Texas. It's the we have three hundred and ninety seven year olds to eighteen year olds, and it's a working ranch. So I have twelve kids. I have 12 boys for the first three days, and then I have 12 girls for the next three days. And it's just Pete and repeat over, and it's 24-7, and you take them to school, and you become their house parent, and they call you pop if they love you. My wife and I were, my wife is very, very special, and she tells me I'm special as well. And so it didn't take us long to connect with these kids. It was just amazing. And so there was an assembly that happened in the um at the school which was a uh like i said the school's right on the ranch everybody stays i mean it was an incredible time and i said hey i'm gonna go to watch this because it was rachel's challenge it was from the combine the the in uh colorado with a shooting place and and so rachel was the girl that stood up and shared her faith before she was uh before she was killed uh an, an unbelievable 
uh, program. They came to our school and I'm thinking this is going to be dynamic. They're gonna, he's going to shake these people. He got up there and no offense to anybody, but he got up there with a slideshow with uh -huh. no and just skipped through slides saying, hey, don't bring a gun to school. Hey, listen, no, no. You had an opportunity yeah. to show people faith and show people strength and show people don't give up and show people to stand up for who you are and believe. Have that. I walked away from it going, here's what I said. I'm not kidding. I walked over to a rock and I sat on the rock and I looked up, down, over, sideways, and I said, I could do better than that. And it was like instant. Go for it. Yeah. Who, where did, <laughs> so I went home and I started writing. I wrote 16 books. 16? Yeah, Mirror, Mirror from Self Image to uh, Cutting. Scars of you don't see any of these books. You don't see a book that's called Cutting Scars right. of Pain. Mm -hmm. What is that? I'm going to talk to you about cutting. Mm -hmm. Why? Why does it take place? And what is the relief? And what do people talk about it? And so I interviewed a whole bunch of people, girls and guys, and they told me why. Yeah. Blended families, bullying, entertainment world. I did things that really pertain to who and what people are in their character. And then from there, I started, I said, okay, I'm going to see if I can get my first assembly. Well, they let me do an assembly right there on the ranch because I told them, and I'm telling you, man, with music and my videos and what, what I would, what was poured into me from my God yeah. was powerful. And when I got done, the altar was filled, not for a faith, but for commitment to be strong, to commitment to stand up and yeah. stand out because a lot of people can't. So what are yeah. you doing? Why you got to push them down? Why? Yeah. Just, so I explained to them that hurt people hurt people. What? Let's think about it. I'm lonely. Well, so it's, it's not all the apples that are fresh can destroy the one bad apple. What? Nah, mm. it's the other way around. Yeah. Huh. One, see, one bad at. So, where's the influence? Get rid of the apple. No, yeah. the apple because it's part of us and it's it's eating you up. Mm -hmm. It's taking you down. And so, I came up with the Suso stand up, stand out. And, uh, from there, it just went, I went into Amarillo, and then from Amarillo, I went to Colorado, and then Colorado, Arkansas finds out. Arkansas just ignites, and now I live in Arkansas because I can't get out of schools. Oh, really? The, the rural cities in Arkansas with the 87% poverty, mm -hmm. I started the thing called the Friday Backpack. So Friday, the kids bring a backpack to school, and we load it with food. So they can go home for the weekend and make sure they eat. Yeah. Um, just little things that I just wanted to see take place. And now we're in this epidemic of 
the kids and stuff like that and the schools i commend them they're they're bringing the bus drivers in and they're delivering food to wow. every stop that they go to really so yeah check it out it's really really they I, it, they get it some of these kids are eating breakfast and lunch yeah. and then go home and have nothing cuz they're locked in the room or in a closet yeah yeah come on man we got to mm -hmm. get our heads out of the sand mhm mm i don't around the bush i'm gonna tell you when mm -hmm. i see that little dude coming with bruises and just i gotta find out man. yeah yeah I see, and i've been to houses and i've never ever condemned them ever because mm -hmm. it's a taught behavior mm -hmm. people ask me what would you do next i said i get rid of i i stop every children's program and make the ones that we have better and i'd start a parent ranch Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why are we letting people multiply that can't even take care of themselves, man? You need a uh, parent? You need, you need, we need, we need a parent ranch so that we can really combat the issue. Because whatever I do at school, if it's not echoed at home, it makes no freaking sense. Pete and repeat. Dude, I, yeah. I need to bring this up to my because I'm heavily involved with it's called the THI program here in Colorado Springs Transitional Housing Initiative. But we take care of veteran families and this and that. So if they need donations or whatever, maybe obviously holidays are huge. So last year we went and donated some beds to these homes with these families that are in need. This one family had seven kids and his wife is pregnant and they're slammed into this house. I'm like, Where's child services at? Instead, we're bringing them more supplies to make them, you know, and I'm like, there's, I, I'm sure you've seen as much as I've seen it. There's so many programs that are out there that people are involved with, with, with getting financial help or whatever, but they can't stop these habits of like, even just having more kids and this and that. Why are you bringing more kids into this world that you've already just mangled up right now like focus on what you got focus on yourself like with parents that's all they do is focus on themselves oh it's 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 i horrible. have a need i've got poison in me i gotta get it out honey come over here listen exactly somebody well, with the conies needed to sit him down about two children ago maybe three and say dude Cut them off. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. You are going down a rabbit hole. I know that you want to be a blessing and you're Catholic. You go. Mm -hmm. Yes. You stay at home, dad. You writing letters on Facebook saying, anybody hiring? Get off your ass and stop asking people if people are hiring. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I. These high school kids, I always write them back. I say that. I say that. Get off your ass. Yeah. If I get up on stage, I tell them. I said, if these kids are in high school, you might hear me say "ass" or "don't be a dumb shit" and stuff. And they said, "Listen, it's PG thirteen. Mm. <laughs> don't don't tell me that I have to come in here and be cookie cutter good boy." Because yeah. every one of those kids, when I start saying something, they're gonna snap and listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the w most wonderful thing 
I've always wanted to do this is get up into a pulpit. I was, a, I've been a pastor and minister for 30 plus years and I love the Lord with all my heart and my soul. Yet my mouth sometimes gets in the way. <laughs> okay. That, listen, at least I can admit it. Most people are drive freaks. I, my, some I'm Italian, I got nine bro dude. It's like ragu. It's in me. I'm trying to get it all out. I really am. Um, and you know, so I want to get in the pulpit and look at him and hold on to the pulpit and say, wake them up. Mm. Yeah. They need that. They need that. Whoa. You know what they're going to focus on? Me saying the F word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of listening to, I wanted to get their attention. If that's the only way I'm going to get their attention, was it wrong? Probably. Did it work? Maybe. Am I going to lose my job? Probably. <laughs> but, man, I want, I want to see kingdom. I want to see... I want to see change, man. And really, we just want to... Um, we want to educate. And we want to empower. We want to encourage. And we want to equip. And, and with those four E's right there, we're able to do some tremendous things. Let me, let me give you this. Colorado Springs, 1999, on Powers and T-Gap, there was a football coach coaching football, and he got struck by lightning and died on the football field. Came back to life. That's me. That's crazy. So 1999, my hometown is Colorado Springs, bro. My, parent, my kids all still live there. I was just there four weeks ago. Why I didn't put the together that you live in Colorado Springs, dude? We, we didn't that's know. My, that's my I, town. That was crazy because I Susan had called me up, and it was just before. She's like, let me get Coach Purdue on the phone. And when you had called, when we were on the conversation, I had literally just passed. I was probably like two miles down from you. You were taken off to the airport, so we couldn't meet up. But I'm like, it's a small world. <laughs> You're just right yeah, up the road right now. That was 719. Yeah, you know, seven one nine phone number, mm -hmm. uh, and so um, wow, I, I'm really listen. How, you know how many people I know? So many people, dude. I know the Air Force Academy too, and if they haven't heard out what you're doing yet, it could be a really cool. I'm looking at it right now. I can see it right from my backyard. Oh, well, you hey. at Briargate? Where are you at, Briargate? I'm at, you so at? you know where Pine Creek High School is out here. Yeah, that's that's yeah. right here. That's my backyard. Pine Creek High School. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, we, we, back in the day when we were when we were young kids, because I grew up here, um, went out and had some fun with some tractors and stuff. And they're like, "Hey, remember that one time we took that tractor out for a little spin?" And da 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 da. da. I'm like, "Yeah," because it was out in the middle of nowhere. That's a and, fact. Well, I coached at Doherty High School, and we used to love taking down the Eagles. It was pretty fun. Well, see, I was I went to Coronado. Coronado, yeah, yeah, you were a cougar. Yes, sir. Well, your programs, I don't know back in the day, but when I was coaching in 2005, 6, and 7 at Doherty High School, they were rough, dude. They were, they had it so hard. I don't know when you were back. Were you guys good back I, in the day? I, I, was I graduated in 98. Okay. So, I don't know. Were you guys good? I'm just, I mean, you have yeah, good we were, yeah, we were, for District 11, yeah, we were good. District eleven, with these district twenty guys. Oh, dist no. Oh, <laughs> district eleven. Okay, you were district eleven. Were you Air Force Academy? No, no, no. Coronado. 
I know, but Air Force Academy was also in District 11. No, they're District 20. That's Air Academy. District 11. Air Academy. That lightning bolt got you. (laughs) So, Doherty, but we played Coronado. Yeah, yeah. We were like rivals. And then Palmer, which Palmer just, they are the luckiest and the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. (laughs) Sun and yellow? What are we doing here? What are we, Wyoming? Good night. Elvira. Elvira graduated from Palmer. Really? Yeah. Uh, Goose. The Goose Gossage. Yes. Goose Gossage. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got his park here. Um, He's he's huge at this town. Dave Trebecki, because I'm a mm-hmm. giant fan. I'm from the Bay Area. My, I was born and raised in California, and then at 20, we moved to Colorado Springs. And that's oh. where I really grew up. I grew up yeah. in Colorado. I was raised in the Bay Area. So, okay. okay. Yeah. And so. Well, um, well, hold on. Get back to this lightning story. I want to hear oh, more about geez. this bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but I want to hear oh. it. They're sick of telling it, but I want to hear this bad boy. So you got hit. Yeah. Did you remember anything? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it right now. I'm going to share with you right now um, because I had I have memories and I have people that has shared with me. But it's a it's a it's a really cool story. I want to try to finish it quickly. I'm all about telling stories. I love sharing with people. and, And that's one of my strengths. So it's 1999 and I'm working at Blockbuster when uh, the power team asked me to do some co- comedy. They were the one breaking stuff and blowing stuff I remember. up. Yeah, yeah. Bill and Ken Henderson. They live right there in Colorado Springs. I'm right there. I'm at Barnes and to downtown. Powers going down. Nope. Powers is this way. Powers, you take the ramp and then you go into downtown. I don't forget that road, Platt. but I was a bar- Platt. Platt. Platt, Platt, Barnes and Platt. The brand new Blockbuster was just built there, and I became the manager there. And these guys used to come in, big, huge, said, you guys are huge. He goes, we're with the power team. What are you doing? I shared with them, and they're like, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't know anybody. I moved here with the ministry team, and they left me here. <laughs> they didn't even show up. Dude, it sucked, dude. It was so hard. It was bad. It's not funny, dude. I was. It was bad. I had no money, no income. I said, I'm here. They're like, oh, we're not coming. No, no. Three kids, my wife. Oh, oh. yeah, that's a different ball this game. Job, blockbuster, knowing that I'm supposed to be in ministry, these guys come in for several months, and then finally we start talking. He goes, hey, we're having a Jesus march. Come and speak to the youth. I said, okay. I killed it, dude. And yeah. the one of the pastors of Church for All Nations, one of the largest churches in the Springs, right there with the statue of David, Powers at the end, Powers and Woodman on oh, the right okay. side of the you. church. Yeah. You see the statue yeah. of David. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, he comes up and says, hey, do you know anything about sports? <sighs> yeah, I do, a lot. I said, uh, he goes, what about teaching? I said, I got my teaching license. He goes, come talk to me tomorrow. So they gave me a job at, Church for All Nations. It was called Grace Christian Academy at the time. And I became the athletic director, the head coach, and the PE teacher of the school. And um, they uh, said, listen, we want to have, we've been invited to join an eight-man football team. We have plenty of players, but no equipment. I said, how much budget do you have? No budget. But I don't know. So I started making phone calls, and someone told me about Coca-Cola. 
I called Coca-Cola. They gave me a $50,000 scholarship. I go out and buy all the pads and equipment and cool stuff. And we got everything that comes in and we're ready to go. First practice is on the pavement because it's a little wet. And I just want to do patterns and see if anybody can catch. Um, I told them this is uh, football practice. This is not recess. Mm-hmm. When I tell you to do the the uh, the tree, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it's a passing route. So every number has a angle. Right. Okay, odds are always odds are always left, and evens are always right. Okay, so um, we we had the tree. I made them memorize it. We were going for passes, and that was cool. Well, the next day we found grass, and it was raining, and it was just down the road. The, another church let us have it. It's August 19th. 1999 and it's raining i don't have one of those handheld um lightning things because i'm from the bay area and i didn't even thought i don't know what's going on right it's pouring rain we go we get shelter and we 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 go over some tree stuff i've said what's a number nine that's a fly what's a number eight that's a post what's a number um seven that's a flag Okay, which is to the outpost, whatever. <laughs> Stops raining and we get back out there and we practice for another few minutes and it's just getting sloppy. I said, forget it, man. You guys freaking, it's like pigs playing in the dirt. They just want to, <laughs> oh my God. So we stopped. It was a blast, dude. It really was. They were hitting. When you get, when you get tackled and you're sliding, right? Fun. So we gather up and we say our break, ready, break. And we all get, we run back to the bus or I, what are you guys running for? It's raining. You guys are morons. You're soaking wet already. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. So they run to the bus and I'm like, dude, there's a football. There's a football. Uh, mine. I'll go get it. So I walk out to go get the football and I reach down and that's it, dude. That's it. Through and up my legs, and it went flying out my mouth. I got a scar on my lip, and I'm not going to zoom it. <laughs> Anyways, got this scar on my lip, and I got thrown back, dude, and I was I was out. And when I woke up, um, I had the quarterback on my chest and my son freaking out. And I got him back all in the bus and drove him back to the church and put well, I put the car, like I felt something wrong, and I put the van in neutral, and we coasted to a stop while I hit my head on the deck. Oh. Woke up in the hospital with two other boys um, that apparently it was just an after thing or something, a shocky or whatever. And uh, they did some EKG stuff on my heart. And they checked everything out, and they're like, dude, you are the luckiest. I said, yeah. Because you know what happened? I said, yeah, I think I got struck by lightning. They said, oh, yeah. Well, we've checked everything out, and you're just like, you're okay. You want to stay here the night, or would you like to go home in the morning? I said, no, we'll just go home tonight. So I went home that night, and, um, man, took me forever to wake up, bro. I had a concussion, major concussion. And so... um, um, I, I just, I've had, I've had headaches ever since I have mm. to take some medicine now. And so, so with all that said, we became the lightning team. 
And we had this lightning bolt on our on our helmet. We were the Warriors. And that year, it gets it gets better, bro. That year we went 0 and 11 with a with a margin of 80. So we were getting beat like 92 to 3. Ouch. 90 to we sucked. Eight man yeah. football we just weren't we got crushed by the deaf and blind. Not beat. Yeah. People like, uh, you played the deaf and blind? I said, yeah. And I told my kids, when you hear the drum beat, don't move. <laughs> when do we move? When the football moves. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Ready? Break. First play. Boom! Everyone turns and looks at the drum. Touchdown. <laughs> Hold you. They can't hear. I said, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. About third quarter, they came and asked if we want to cancel. And I said, yeah, that's fine. My son broke his arm. He was a ninth grader. I said, dude, rub dirt on it. Get back out there. He did score a touchdown with a broken arm. Proud of him. But poor kid. Um, <laughs> don't judge me, man. That's my son. <laughs> rub dirt on it, right? And so I... uh I um I'm just I'm just like wow that's incredible, um. So spring comes and all these schools from Denver Christian School to Little Street School in Denver to a little Arapahoe Christian School that all play eight man football start calling me in the spring to see if we would play them for homecoming. Son of a <laughs> stupid no. son of a you what I was pissed dude. So I recorded all of these and I went to my youth group because all my youth group was my school kids. And more than that, they were from all over the district. And man, we had like 370 youth. It was packed, dude. I built an indoor skate park. It, wow. no, there was nowhere to sit. There was no yeah. stay, all 12 foot ramps. And yeah, you walked it. There was nowhere. You sat on the park indoors it was awesome okay anyway so where was it? okay so these schools call me and they're like dude play us play us for home, for a homecoming game because they want to crush us yeah dude. that's ridiculous we went 12 and 0 we won the state title and i was coach of the year no kidding it's a movie dude from 0 and 11 with a margin of 80 points yeah can you imagine at the, the the 11th game, us going and having them score like 30-something points within the first seven minutes. Uh, yeah. Intercept, fumble, take 99-yard touchdown, all the yeah. – to winning yeah. every game. And the coach coming up and going, I said, coach is coach, and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't about me. Yeah. yeah. I was a part of it. Yeah. It's called work because you got to work for what you want. And mm -hmm. if you work for what you want, the proof is in the pudding, bro. Mm hmm Absolute fact that if you work, that it's going to come back. It's going to be really, really good. So I shared that story to encourage you. Do not. Be depleted when you get defeated, but rise up so you can win when you run.
Okay, just keep moving, keep shaking. And uh, yeah, that's that's the lightning strike story. Um, I'm very, very thankful. Again, I, you know, I struggle still today with, you know, migraines. I have hearing aids because I lost all the hearing in my mm-hmm. ears. So these hearing aids, I'm not ashamed anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to, um, um, what else? That's really, that's really about it. And it has made me so more, much more, um, aware. Yeah. Post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are like, Hey, let's go have mud races in the rain. I said, Hey, I think I'll stay inside. <laughs> so it asked, and the other question is always asked is why can't, why won't you play the lottery? You know, you, you, you'll win first before you get struck by lightning. <laughs> who wants to join me who wants everyone's like dude will you go buy my ticket no i'm not i'm not, not going to go buy anyone tickets it's just i just I, I don't know it's just a little crazy about how that whole thing worked out so yeah yeah well, that's just really cool thankful and now i got yeah. a new friend bro so you were in the military right a little bit yeah army <laughs> air force marines air force actually air force air force so yeah, you're yeah. Smart. What was that? Wow. <laughs> I said, wow, you're smart then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that yeah. stigma, right? <laughs> stigma. It's um, funny because everybody gives me crap because, like, oh, you're cheer force, da da da. And I'm always like, well, how many fingers do you got? <laughs> They're like, what? And I show them because I, I lost my fingers in Iraq on my birthday. So <laughs> show, me like, again. Oh, show, show me again. Okay, so you, you have so stuff, but no nails. Right, so it's down to the first joint right there. So I got raising the bar. I, I got to do my little gig for you. And then, uh, oh, look, what, what? Oh, look, and I could beat you in paper, rock, and safety scissors. <laughs> How much therapy on that hand and all that? And Okay, so you want to hear a story? Come on, buddy. So this is the second time I've lost these fingers. <laughs> So I so in I don't know if you were here in what was it there was a blizzard we had 90 was it 95 96 nope. monstrous uh, we had this monstrous blizzard that came through I mean it just dumped they shut and you know it takes a lot for the schools to shut down here but especially district 11 they right. shut down the schools early which I still I haven't well, heard of it was it drifts of like 14 15 feet and it was nuts it was, I heard it was, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Well, my dad had just got a snowblower. And so we've never had a snowblower before, right? And so we we got home early. We had to take the they wouldn't let anybody drive home. We had to take the buses home. Got home. And I was like, I'll be a good little boy and use the snowblower and do um all the neighbors' yards and this and that. So I did my next door neighbors, the two across the street, the one next on the other side of us, and I was doing ours. And by this time my dad had came home using the snowblower. And um, there had been so much snows, you know, in Colorado, it'll be 70 degrees one day, super freezing the next day. So it was one of those days. And so everything, all the snow at the bottom was slush, this huge slush. So it kept getting stuck in the, in the top blade, like spinning it out. <laughs> so I just kind of take my hand and wipe over the top to get that pressure off there. And it goes nowhere near the bottom or whatever. So anyways, I was doing that and um, it got stuck again. So I let go of the stuff. I went over. My right foot had slipped and my hand went down into the top of the snowblower. And it just, it felt like 
a baseball, somebody swinging a baseball bat and just clipping my fingers, right? And I was like, oh, my God. And what had happened was the clutch had stuck, so the motor had kept spinning. So I didn't hear it because I had all my stuff on, but the motor was still going. So anyways, my dad looks at me. He's like, hey, you all right? I was like, yeah. He's like, you dumbass, what are you doing? Da, da, da. And um, I go to grab and go on the gas again with my right hand, and my hand won't move. I'm like, what the hell's this? So I look at my glove, and my gloves shredded a little bit up at the top, but nothing bad. But I grab my glove and pull my hand out, and I could feel my fingers snagging on the inside of the glove, and I pulled it out. And they weren't directly cut off. Like the my middle finger or yeah, my middle finger was like the tip of the tip was like cut off. And then the other one was like split down the middle, like just running down the middle of my fingernail. So it like hit the tip of the bone, like kind of like exploded that in there. So fast forward a little bit, I had to I had to go through therapy and all that stuff for that. And then um I had to you know, everything was all good. You couldn't even, by the time it was all said and done, you could barely see a scar underneath my fingernail. And then the one finger you could, you could see just a little bit where the stitches were, but otherwise they looked totally fine. Um, fast forward, I was wanting to get in the military. They found out about this accident. So I had to sign a waiver saying, Hey, I was good to go. Cause I had some feeling issues on the tip of one of my fingers. It was just barely. And you know, I'm being Mr. All military's asking me everything and I'm being all truthful, blah, blah, blah. So as I got wavered into the Air Force with it, fast forward, I got I went into the military, what, 99? Fast forward to November 1st of 2004, my birthday. We were in Iraq. <laughs> and uh, long story short, um, because we had a lot of IDF fire, indirect fire, mortar rounds coming in. We had sniper alley down there and stuff like that. But um, long story short, it's two in the morning. Um, everything that had happened, uh, we were dropping external tanks down from an F-16 one, and putting them on sandbags. And the bottom came down and the back fin. Actually, you know what? I have I have one of the fins. You have one of your fingers? <laughs> yeah, <I have> <laughs> Look, dude, I, I got one of my fingers it right is. here. Take it <laughs> this is actually the back fin of one of them and as you can tell it's not very sharp so this we're holding the whole tank this is a 300 what is it 370 gallon fuel tank basically looks like a big giant bomb we had her usually we have equipment that helps us drop these well we didn't at the time because this is during the fallujah campaign so we were hustling bustling because we need to drop bombs on bad guys so anyways um we were locked arms underneath the thing. The front end came down and this back end comes down. And uh, that was the result of me trying to get my hand out from underneath. And it got my fingertips there. So it could have easily cut off my whole arm. But um, the whole thing was a blessing in disguise. That that whole process was absolutely amazing because I went through. I didn't even get surgery till a month and a half later. Um, they couldn't do anything with me there. At, at you know, I was up at Balad or LSA Anaconda. They sh there was a little bit of bone sticking out on the one, so they shaved that down, um, wrapped everything up, sent me on my way, went to all over Germany, Longstuhl, all over the States. Um, I won't get into that whole story with that, well, all that happened. But every night I had to change the dressing on my wounds. Um, and when I say this was a blessing, I lost my fingers in the first place because the doctor told me 
when I first lost him, he said, "You, it's going to hurt, but you need to wrap these as tight as possible because otherwise they're going to become all disfigured where you see people that has missing limbs that has like the it looks like a ball peen hammer bit it's because they haven't wrapped it right they haven't wrapped it super tight with it like with fingers so i knew i had to wrap it tight what was that you said uh, it's like like a big old bubble on the end right not a bubble but uh yeah like you said the ball peen hammer okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so um with that where everywhere i was going when i got evac out, which is an absolutely incredible story, just one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, but every hospital we were going to, I was treating myself. So reopening the wounds, changing the dressing, wrapping everything back up. I already knew what to do because of previous, if I didn't know all this stuff from previous, I would have been screwed. I don't know what my fingers would look like now. Um, but so, yeah, it was good. I ended up having to have two once I got, I got a surgery when I got back, it happened November 1st. And then I got my surgery like a month later. And then probably like three months after that, they wanted to do another surgery or they did do another surgery on them. And then they were wanting to do another one. Cause my nerves are all jacked up. Like right now, my, my fingers are absolutely freezing. They're ice cold. Like you think they're, they're dead. They're freezing. They hurt. Uh, it sucks. But, um, they, they were like, uh, um, they wanted to do surgery to try to fix the nerve damage with all the nerves that are jacked up. Cause I, since I didn't get surgery for so long, my, like my fingers were turning black. Like they were black. My pinky was starting to turn black because everything was connected in there. It was crazy. Like if you looked at them after it had happened, you would think like it looked fake. It looked, it wow. looked so ugly. It looked fake. It was crazy. Um, but, but um, I was just, I was so lucky. I knew how to treat my my wounds. And then um, they wanted that other surgery. I was like, no, I'm done. This I'm living with this. This is, this is, this is what happened. And, and I'm pressing on, you know, I was, I was done with it. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was really, really good. Cause I got my jokes now. I'm part of the stub club. Um, and you want to talk about resiliency. Those people that were in that medevac, I should do a whole podcast based on that. The whole medevac process. Because like I said, this is during the Fallujah campaign. Where, I mean, guys were getting wrecked left and right. You know, it, it was, we took huge losses. Um, not only the losses, like, like actual deaths, but the severe wounded that were coming out of there. And so mine is extremely 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 minor you know absolutely nothing compared to these guys but we had i tell the story we were on the c-17 this big flying you know fortress is absolutely amazing um if people complain about having ever having a plane ride um you've never experienced anything like this and i guarantee you'll never complain about a plane ride again if you go through something like this um but we were basically on cargo seats and then there was rows of of litters, um, you know, basically like the the what you see on MASH, like the makeshift hospital beds. They were stacked three high. Those are for like the severely win- wounded. So the guy in the bottom, um, he was missing his left leg. The guy in the middle had back issues. And the guy in the top, he was missing his right arm. And it was funny because, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name now. Is it Vinny? I forgot his name. But anyways, he would be sleeping and you'd see his little sleeve move, and you'd see his left arm come over, and also he'd start scratching his belly button. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he'd wake up, and he'd be all pissed off, and he's thinking he's trying to itch his elbow, but he ain't got no elbow. 
<laughs> so we'd start making fun of him. We'd, yeah. We were making fun of each other like crazy. But um, you know, I had um I had this Marine to the left of me, and this kid was 19 years old. Um he had been shot three times up his rib cage. Then I had a captain, uh army captain to my right. I think he had just got shot like in his foot or something. It was pretty something. It was it was relatively really minor too. Um but they had all of us strapped down the ways. But across from where those litters were are, on the other side of the plane there, they had three ICU units of, it was two army guys and a Marine. And one of the, I'm not going to get emotional with this, but one of the families flew out there with us. They came and met us at Longstool, which Longstool is like the immediate main back place you go to before you come back stateside where they really stabilize you and all that that that's absolutely amazing work that they're doing over there but anyways the, one of the families was on there with us and it was really really cool but one of these um it was the marine he had and there was two full bird colonels and two majors air force that were constantly working on these guys i mean the these were full icu units on these beds i mean the whole beds were like bending with everything, with all the weight that was on it, they had to remove the whole top head of the Marine because of the shrapnel that was inside of his head that was all of a sudden causing swelling again. So they did that, and then it was 300 staples to put it back on there. And this is all on a freaking plane ride. We were flying over to the U.S., you know? And it was absolutely amazing to see the family that was there with the Army, um... They got up and they spoke about everything. Very, very, very emotional. Um, but no, no film, no CNN, no Fox News, no film documentary thing could ever portray the feelings, the emotions, what truly happens on those medevac planes like that. It was just absolutely incredible the whole process from even Balad now. Well, I think it's it's still operational a bit, but back when I was there, it was two tents. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's just it was like the main hub for everybody that was injured and then prepping them to go over to Longstool. So um it's just crazy to see all that. And and like I said, my my one guy, uh he lost his, his right arm and his two bottom legs. My buddy used his bootlaces to help save his life. And I mean, this guy took a direct hit from a mortar round. I think it was a 107 round, 107 millimeter uh, mortar, man. They saved his freaking life. If that would have been, I mean, like it was, it was all lucky because the medical staff and everybody responded immediately, even though these mortars are still going like crazy around us. And it so happened that a, um, an airplane had landed for refuel, a cargo airplane had landed for refuel. I'd literally just gotten done. So by the time he got hit to leaving, um, wheels off the ground it was 45 minutes. He was gone on his way to freaking Germany. It was wow. incredible. Saved his life. And, um, just to see the technology, the response, the training, that everybody has that saves. I wouldn't even want to know what these death toll numbers would be like if we didn't have um, the amount of awesome medical personnel that are over there now doing what they're doing. But um, wow, yeah, sorry, wow. got on a little spiel there, good. but that was yeah, a good, was... Good, good stuff, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you're still here. Um, yeah. I think that you're one of the heroes, you know. And um, I just appreciate. I know, I know you don't. I listen. I get it. <laughs> Just all you have to do is say thank you. That's it. Thanks. When someone tells you something, because I could say other crap 
and you're going to go, yeah, that's probably true. But when someone <laughs> says positive about you and we balk that, don't yeah. ever balk that again. So when someone tells you you're a hero, you say, thank you. Thank you. That's a fact. <laughs> now, what you do with that is up to you. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It's, it- it's good. Yeah. I, I see heroes as these, right. you know, these other guys that are really, really doing, doing much. I did my part over there. Come but I, I think heroes, heroes a different level. <laughs> well, to me, listen, heroes a different level. But when somebody thinks that you're a hero, go ahead and accept that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's all good. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that means a lot. No, it, thank you. Yeah. yeah, but I get it because the same thing, like people write me and not a military hero, but man, I get letters all the time. Look at this, dude. Dear Coach Purdue, thank you for coming here to Goddard Junior High. I hope you're doing good, and we hope to see you again soon. Your message of Suso was ridiculously amazing. <laughs> that is way cool. I mean, I got – look at this. When kid, I mean, I could take that and just cry. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like, look at – dude, they don't get it? What do you mean they don't get it? Look. Stand up, stand up. Look oh, at that. He, he, I didn't write it. When you write something like that, it becomes a memory. Yeah. yeah. That's, it just, I, I'm in awe, too. So when I see stuff like that, I do the same thing, brother. Like, oh, mm, yeah, mm, whatever. So I get it. You, you don't, you're not, you know, through your experiences and everything, you're not taking stuff for granted. And I think with what you're doing, um, because it's so hard, I could see you're a very caring person. Um but it's so hard to wear it, which I love about your program. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you giving somebody a handout or a hand up? You know, I, I, I see it so often, like not only with stuff they may need for their house or something like that, but even the mental health with stuff. There's a lot of people in the veteran world. That I think a lot of people kind of take advantage of people's hospitality or kindness where they know, you know, they're, they're just looking for handouts and it's hard to kind of weed out those people a bit. Um, not like I want to, but you, you, you come to find out that there it's a game for them. Um, when you were talking with, with your stuff, with these kids, man, they need to hear that when you're cussing, swearing, doing whatever you're in their face, you're passionate. You're, you're meaning that you're not there to collect a paycheck. You're there to change lives. And I can totally feel that coming through with talking to you, man. And I love that. I absolutely love that. I appreciate that very much. Um, you talked about hand up or hand out. I don't mind the handout as long as we're going somewhere. Does that mean we all, every I, once in a while, we need a handout. But if once I, you grab yes. your handout, once you grab your handout, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. See, there's always another step. That's like, that song, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't look back, right? I mean, just keep going. I get right. it. We're all right. into something, and it, but keep going. Stay focused. Yeah. Stay on track. And so the hand out is okay as long as you understand that you cannot stay there, and it has to be taught. Now what do I do? Because I don't understand a hand up because I've never had it before. What right. does that mean? Like you walk them through the whole process. Now, once they're feeling a little bit healed, we're not all going to get healed. It's not going to be a complete healing. There's still going to be pain, issues, soreness, whatever there is. But I promise you, there's somebody 
who um, you have a couple missing fingers. I have a half a kidney. Plus, I can't I can't hear and I get severe migraines. Mm -hmm. What do I do when I'm hurting the most? I find somebody who's hurting more than me. My niece, Anna Raquel, um, has no kidneys. She's yeah. got to get a kidney transplant. She is in dialysis every other day for seven hours a day. The needles, uh. she's got bruises and she just, she hurts. Yeah. Put yourself in perspective. So yeah. like yourself with the fingers, it's like, you know, there are people that are uh. not off at the elbow. So my, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still, you could still pick your nose. No, I can't. Not with this hand. Not, not, oh, it's too fat? You fat? It is. it is. I can't when jam it, it up. It'll it just, it'll just clog everything stoop. in there. <laughs> <laughs> too big. I tried to wrap them tighter just to get them in my nose, and I said, I'm going to loosen it just a little bit so I don't pick my nose in front of people. That's brilliant. Brilliant. No, but so, I... Yeah. It's it's true. It's it's so true about hand out, hand up, and it's all taught, buddy. We got we got to be teachers and, and and be a little bit patient, but at the same time, uh, speak truth. Truth sets right. people free. Right. So right. No, I I this is one of the things that I loved about the VRV. Is many people like you, many people who are way more severely injured, whether it be physically or mentally, and they're taking that next step. They're accepting kind of what happened, or they're realizing their cans, you know, instead of their cans. They're they're just taking that next step in the direction and they're having purpose again. Cause I think so many veterans, like especially in the veteran community, they lose their purpose when they get out. And especially with, you know, it could have been easy for me to um go down a different path with my fingers and all that. There was there's a lot of thoughts, you know, and everything with leaving my guys there and this and that. There's a lot of thoughts that went through my mind. But you got to find your purpose. You're here for a reason, you know, and, and, and accepting with whatever had there's people out there that can relate and they want to hear your stories. And, awesome. you know, you're you're here for a reason. And I just love sharing these stories like within the VRV where so many guys, everybody's like, oh, how are you doing that? How are you doing that? This and that. Well, listen to their stories. This is how and why aren't you, you know, so. Yes, that's good. That's really good, buddy. I'm so proud of you and what you do and who you do and what. And I'm just thankful that that we get to be part. And again, um, I want you to know that if any way we can serve, any way we can help, I'm I'm in Colorado Springs. It gives me a great reason to come see my grandkids. Yeah. It's a good thing. And um, we, we just want to serve anything that we can do any way we can. Um, I'd love your permission to put your information on my website. Go to town. Whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want. And, yeah. um, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it down. You'll put your logo and stuff like that. And yeah. um, more than anything, um, relationship. Yeah. So as we grow together, um, then we're going to be able to do some very powerful, impactful things because um, two guys with uh, a passion or a purpose um, will never sit idle. And yeah. so we're, we're just going to let the timing take care of itself. And uh, I'm here for you. Uh, if you don't have my cell number, it's coming at some point. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we connect at least once a week because I need it. I need yeah. someone to say, Verdu, what's up? I'm yeah. good, man. I'm good. And 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 you might need it as well. And I, I'm I'll be here for you in a minute. So I appreciate it's, that. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, hey, real quick, 
shout out your how how can people get in contact with you with you with way beyond measure actually Perfect. before that where what's the meaning behind way beyond measure how'd you come up with that name that's a great so my brother-in-law runs a program called blessed ministries and he huh? serves churches all over the country and 13 years ago when i called him up um i told him about this idea of me doing something for the kingdom not just for the kingdom but just for life in itself everything is kingdom purpose but life in itself so that people sometimes they don't understand kingdom so you talk about life and and and, and the perspective of it so i call him up and he goes dude that is like way beyond measure man i wish i could give you a better story but he just <laughs> went, i think you need to go way beyond measure you know, I like it. Yeah. I called my buddy up and I said, What can you do with Way Beyond Measure? So he made me a logo. And yeah. here's the logo right here. Yeah. I said, Well, that's the cool logo. So now we're branding this thing for the last 13 years. Three stars. Okay. Yeah, what do the stars mean? It can mean a lot of things. Okay. It can mean, um, give me the Trinity. It could mean there's so much to me that it means uh, three, my personal three children that I have. Uh, we're blended family, so yeah, I have three children. Um, I don't know. That's a good. I just I love the logo. That's I, I've never really <laughs> thought about it. I did say in the beginning it was like wow, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or um, USA. Or whatever. I mean, there's so yeah. much that you can, but we definitely want to go way beyond measure. I have a patch for you as a, and then we have this car decal, which is our Suso decal yeah. stand, stand out, no bullies. So I'm going to send you that as well. And then um, I might just have to get that, uh, this hat right up here <laughs> and send it out your way um, when you give me your address. That way you can wear it for your next show and, and tell everybody that. You thought it was a Chewbacca or whatever. <laughs> what? he's, got, he's got this this red sweater that's hanging up in the back with the hood that's open. And it looked like, because it, it originally looked at it, it had like, it's got where the, um, I don't know, eyelets are. They're yeah. red. So it looked like it was one of them little Star Wars creatures that are in the sand that, what are they, Jawa oh, things? I don't yeah. know. That yeah. one. So they run at the bar. Here's a here's another little something too for the younger kids. We do Super Character Dude. Super Character Dude is a, a a booklet that we're trying to come out with. It's going to be a really cool teaching tool. Um, Super Character Dude and his sister were adopted, and um, they fight rumor and gossip because rumor and gossip are always talking and sh saying stuff, and they spit yeah. out little. Uh, they spit out little echoes, and so rumor and gossip spit out echoes, and we teach kids with to stand up and stand out and squish the echoes. Sweet. You may not be able to take care of all the gossip or um, all of the rumors. However, you can squish them. You're yeah. not gonna. You're still gonna be, yeah. but we gotta squish it where it's at. And then here's, of course. Um, is your school a safe zone? And so super character, dude, I think I got the poster up there, but we got a whole bunch of different posters and just stuff that you can just go look at on our website, waybeyondmeasure.com. Okay. And way beyond measure is everything from way beyond measure, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube. So, and every Friday night, a new episode of the Suso Show comes out every Friday night. And it's going to do some training and teaching. It's got a real fun activity for your kids. So they can make, uh, they could either make um, lava lamps. We got a whole bunch of different things. How to make silly putty and Play-Doh during this time. And just some fun live things that they can do. And of course, interviews and crazy silly stuff that we do. And so we're excited. And so in three weeks, I'd like to do the same thing. But me give you an interview for our listeners on the episode so we're gonna have to color your beard a little bit and make you look a little bit silly uh, because we're, we're trying to do something positive and fun for families do but it. uh let me talk, i i think your story would be cool everyone has a story and you could have went that way and i want you to share about that way that do way it. is listen, i don't know if i wanted to i i talk truth man i don't care how old the kids are they need to hear that you were thinking about I'm a coward. I'm a whatever. I left my platoon. This is stupid. I don't need my fingers anyways. I still can protect. Mm -hmm. I still can serve. Why am I here? All my brothers are fighting still and I'm here and I got it skating. They're still paying me and I want to do something. Yep. Hero. Mm -hmm. Thanks, bro. Okay. So I want you to know that uh, it's a good thing and great stuff. And so we'll flip this thing around in a couple of weeks and we'll have a great time. And in the meantime, man, Keep flying. I love your logo. Well, can you explain your logo? Copy that, brother. <laughs> so honestly, it was it came from when I um my other business, I had a gentleman that made I showed you my my fingers, right? The raising the bar thing. So yeah. my other business is actual it's real estate. I keep these ones separate a bit, but I'll tell it for the story. So my real estate, my logo is raising the bar in real estate. And you got four bars going up. Because I don't advertise that I'm a veteran whatsoever. I don't. I think it's a little overplayed here and stuff. Snap. But the logo, way did my cards and all that. This guy Mike with Halo Designs blew it, like knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. So kind of coming around when the VRV, we were talking about doing the VRV stuff. I was like, hey Mike, I got this idea going on with veterans and foreign veterans. Because um, immediately when I had came up with veterans and foreign veterans VRV, that's I like the sound of that. Told him, I was like, I want to do a logo with VRV where it's patriotic, but it's not like in your face patriotic. But I want people to know, you know, that obviously it is it is about, you know, that a bit. So it took him like two days, man, because I we I kind of come up with the eagle thing a little bit. I was like, I don't know if you can incorporate an eagle a little bit, this and that. And he went and grabbed that, put the VRV in the R, turned it into the eagle there like that. I was like, holy crap, man. I call him the Rain Man of graphic design. He's absolutely amazing. He does. He does. Actually, I actually got. Where's my other guy at? That's Dude, right I, want, here. I, I need a Suso logo. I need Dude, Suso to get need to contact him. Got? He's got Caltex Just, designs. California slash Texas. So you see the Texas, and then yeah, it's got California running through the middle of it. Yeah. And totally different ball game with four best there. But Woo. he can do. He'll take what's in your because I got all sorts of crap running around in my mind, but I can't put it onto paper. You know, <laughs> got get these other guys to do that. Um, he'll, he'll do that. Well, see, see, check this out. So he did. He's done sheepdog support in the middle here. He did that. He obviously did my logo. He did Caltex. He did. I uh, was four brothers wow. Mead there. 
And then he did Gunner Gray's cards and stuff. But those are guys from all across the country. But yeah, I'll hook you up with them. He's down here in the Springs. He's 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 just right down the street. So yeah, he'll he'll take your stuff. Come on, I just need. I think because our T-shirts, if you could see, so I have my own print shop and stuff. But again, I'm 54, and I'm asking kids to to help me. So being from the Bay Area, I just said bridge the gap. Stand up, stand out, way beyond measure. And it sells. It's okay, you know, because they're not buying it because it looks super, super cool. You know why they're buying it? Because I'm super, super cool. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Listen, yeah. speak true. The truth is, is when I say this church, you say some pastor's name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I said, you know that big church in Houston? What's that big church in Houston? Oh, you mean Joel Osteen? Mm. Yeah, see? It's like yeah. well, when you yeah. say way beyond measure, oh, coach? Yeah. Yeah, coach. That's just the way. VRV, your brand is you, mm -hmm. not your logo. Right. Right. So anybody out there still listening, listen, your logo, you can change that. You can do whatever you want. I understand the branding. I get that. But what they're after is you, right? That relationship that um, so many people crave. So just remember that that it's okay. I'm not saying be selfish and not, but embrace it. Right, embrace people it. Yeah, perfect. B R V. That's me. Yes, I I embrace. I do a lot of work, mm -hmm. and they say you're the best, and you're the soak it all in. Because <laughs> when you get home, you're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to give it all away. Yeah. If you don't give it away, you become conceited and prideful. Yeah. So yeah. you shift it. So I say this, lift it, sift it, shift it. Okay. So when someone tells you that you're amazing, yes, I know. Mm -hmm. I thank you. Yeah. Home, I lift it. Yeah. So he can shift it. Yeah. And now I'm on my way again. The next day you do it all over again. Nobody mm -hmm. cares that two years ago and a year before that, that the Golden State Warriors won back to back. Mm. No one cares. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you doing now? Right. Right. You know what they're yeah. doing now? They 15 and 50. Yeah. <laughs> they can't <laughs> win a game. But guess mm -hmm. what? Clay comes back. Curry comes back. These three won a championship by themselves. Uh, uh, not Durant. Come on. Anyways, um, now we're going to have the first pick in the NBA draft. Quit it. Quit. <laughs> Quit it. Now we're going to be right back in it. It's like, yeah. so anyways, it's just, it just, you know, stay in it. Just, yeah. does, it doesn't matter. You have, you can win two in a row, but then the next year you can only win 15 games. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Are you yeah. going to consider, say that, hey, we're champions and we live off the past? No, you got to keep moving forward and strive. So, man, I appreciate you, bro. Right on, brother. No, I appreciate you, man. So I really appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to doing more in the future. And next time you're on here, you better be calling me. I'll call you, man. Yeah. I, so <laughs> what we need to do is I don't know how we exchange numbers, but um, yeah, we'll figure it out. Didn't we write, did we figure out something? Coach Verdu at gmail.com. Copy that.
Yeah. Yeah. You got coach Verdue at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll put these links. Send me your info, send me your information and stuff. And I do want to holler at you and, and get, get you involved. One last plug. If you don't mind, I need help. Go, dude, for, it. Editors, Go for it. Cartoonists. I need editors, cartoonists, t-shirt designers. I need somebody that can help with curriculum writing and, um, just, I, I want to do excellent stuff and I cannot do it all by myself. I need somebody that can help. And so yeah. if we can get some help or any way we can, and then we network with that because a lot of us need help. And then who knows what happens with vets referring vets, because you may just get a whole bunch of work. Who knows? So yeah. if you're out there and listening and you want to serve us, one of us, all of us, whatever it is, man, come on board, buddy. It, uh, cool. we, we love to have you. Right on. Right on, Coach, and I'll shoot you over all my guys got, that I got for you. So, right on. Okay. All right, brother. Well, you have a good one, and I'll talk to you later. Appreciate you, man. I'm an extra large, by the way, so hook me up. I will. I will. I got, But I need your address. I got you some stuff. I'm going to send it out probably next week, all right? Yeah. Yeah, brother. Peace you have you, a good bro. one, man. I appreciate you, man. All right. We'll God bless you. All right. Peace. Thank you for supporting businesses listed on the DRV. You can find this business and other vetted businesses and nonprofits at veteransreferringveterans.com. The listings on the website have been personalized with product photos and direct contact information. Thank you again for your support.